When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall. And after two very busy weeks, we had our emergency episode that dropped on Friday. It was uh, a pretty quiet weekend for the Rangers. We had prospect camp wrap up. Uh, they had their inner squad scrimmage on Friday afternoon. Um, unfortunately, because the Rangers don't televise it or anything, there's really too not too many highlights for you to watch. If you can go and check out uh, some of the Rangers beat reporters had, you know, like we talked about with Colin on the show, you know, the best they can do is just record their iPhone, unfortunately. So there's some highlights that you can see, um, but really nothing crazy, unfortunately, which stinks because I would love to see uh, a little game footage from the prospects, but uh, it seems like, from all accounts, Adam Sakura had a great camp. Um, really showed off his energy level. Uh, I believe he scored a goal in the scrimmage. Um, Brennan Othman looks like you know he's going to be a guy come September for training camp. The Rangers are probably going to give him a really long look because he's in a unique situation where uh, it's either the NHL or back to the junior hockey. So uh, the guy scored 50 goals in the OHL this year. Not sure what else he needs to prove down there, but I think it's going to be more of a numbers game in the NHL. You know, it, does he have a spot on this team? You know, with his salary number coming in, it's going to be, you know, for the Rangers, it would be easier to get him in. Uh, but is he ready, you know, physically ready for it? You know, is he mature enough for the NHL? Who knows? Uh, but I can definitely see him. Uh, a guy like Will Cooley, another guy who had a very good year in the OHL. Uh, both of them seem like, and they, they said it during the week with interviews, um, they want to be in the NHL. They, this is their time, I think. Now, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Cooley can play in the AHL this season. Um, but because I think he has to be 20 years old as a cutoff, and, and often it's just 19. So, uh, But, yeah, the, the coverage that we were able to see from the prospect camp was great. Um, unfortunately, I really wish they had some kind of a GoPro or something in that uh, practice facility just to – I don't care. I just mount it to the wall and just do a wide, you know, <laughs> a wide out of it, and we could watch it from there. But it is what it is. It's our last kind of taste of live hockey until September, which is kind of crazy to think about that. The entire month of August is pretty much just uh, a lot of players going on vacation, and uh, so will I. Uh, the family and I go on vacation the first week of, of August, so looking forward to that. So, uh, you know, come training camp. In September, so really it's about a two-month lull right now where we won't have any live hockey going on. Uh, there is that the three ice, um, the three-on-three hockey series is being played. Uh, CBS is covering it. Former guest Jeremy Brodeur just had a huge weekend there leading his team uh, to a, uh, a weekend championship. So uh, congrats to him. And, and it seems like that three ice is really – it's had a lot of really good highlight goals. It looks like it's having some popularity. 
Um, so that's pretty cool to see that a, a summer hockey league. I remember growing up, there used to be roller hockey on ESPN2, which was awesome. I remember watching that all summer long. And, uh, you know, so be, some kind of hockey in the summer is a good thing. Um, hopefully this three ice can continue to build on what they're building on this year. They have some cool names involved. Um, and obviously having Jeremy on the show, we, we always keep up with him. And Ryan Malone, another former guest, came out of retirement to play in that league. So uh, they have some good players there. They have some NHL guys there. So it's been fun to watch. Uh, and, if you know, anything hockey-related you want to pay attention to, especially in the summertime where you really can't get anything else. So uh, very cool to see that doing well and seeing our friend Jeremy there win a championship uh, this last weekend. But other than that, the biggest news around the Rangers is when is Kako going to get his deal, you know, get his bridge deal? I, I don't think I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the Rangers are committed to him. Um, I know a lot of Ranger fans are kind of on the fence with him, kind of pushing him maybe out. I think Kako should be part of this team going forward. Um, could I see him possibly involved? In a Patrick Kane trade, maybe, but I think that's down the road. I think uh, maybe you give Kako a couple months, see how he plays to start the year off, and then make that decision. I don't think the Rangers can fit Kane under the salary cap right now. I think they need to let some uh, time in the season go to get his number down before they can move out some contracts. Um, I mean, the, basically, they got to get down to where he's going to be replacing Kako and probably Reeves is the deal. Um, and then uh, Chicago would have to retain some cash there back. So um, it, it's good. The only way I can see Patrick Kane in a Rangers Jersey, if it's a mid season trade, I can't see it happening before the season. There's, they don't have the cap space for it right now. Um, but yeah, Kako's the last guy and Tyler Mott is still on the open market has not signed a deal with anyone. Pretty surprising. I don't know what the holdup there is. Uh, maybe he's waiting for the Rangers to try to get some cap space somehow. Maybe he's waiting to see what Kako signs for. And if it is, yeah, I guess, maybe lower than what some people expect, maybe there's a little bit of cash there for Mott to come back to the Rangers. I would be very surprised if he does return. You know, they did sign Ryan Carpenter, uh, who kind of who plays fourth-line center. Um, and, you know, very similar type of a skill set, a penalty killer, grinder. Um, he's only signed to a $750,000 deal, so it's not like they gave him a, a giant contract there. He could also be a 13th forward if need be, if Mott comes back. But right now the Rangers, according to Cap Friendly, they have $4.8 million in cap space right now. Now you want to go into the season having a little bit of cushion there, um, but, you know, if Kako does come in at, Two million, you know, will Mott sign for one point five? I, I think he's worth more than that. Maybe he really likes New York and Jacob Truba. Of course, the whole thing with him being very close friends with him. Um, maybe he sticks around. Maybe he comes back. But who knows? I don't. I really don't think the Rangers will be able to do it once they sign Kako. I don't think there'll be enough money, and uh, and they want to be. I think they want to have a little bit of cushion going into that season. Like I said, for midseason deals, you know, for um, obviously, if there's an injury that occurs, they could bring someone else in. Uh, but I think they want to have a small cushion heading into the year. You don't want to be, you know, five cents left uh, going to the season. Just not a good plan for the Rangers. So, uh, you know, a couple, couple minor deal, you know, a couple minor signings uh, during the week. Um, nothing really crazy. You know, they they did officially announce the Andy Walensky signing, a right-hand defenseman who most likely. Played most of the season down in Hartford. Um, Austin Rusev, who played this last year down in Hartford, big forward, uh, can fight, can score, just 24 years old, signed as a uh, undrafted free agent, I think two years ago now. Uh, he re-signed for one year, and then they also announced the Turner Ellison uh, signing, which is now official. Also left winger, played in the Red Wings organization the last few seasons, and he'll be coming over and most likely playing in Hartford. Uh, so just a couple minor signings there. And talking about Hartford, very exciting. Uh, we have Hartford Wolfpack forward and New Rangers prospect Cristiano DiGiacinto on our show this week. And uh, great guy, awesome interview. I really appreciate him coming on. Just wrapped up his first AHL season. Um, so it was really good to get him on the show. But before we send to our interview with Cristiano, 
I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at InTheClutch.com. Now, you're looking for any kind of summer T-shirt apparel. You're going to games, going to baseball games. You're going to a three-ice tournament. You want to rock a Rangers T-shirt that we have. Go check out InTheClutch.com. They have awesome stuff. Vintage-looking shirts, new shirts, anything. Old teams. It's an awesome, awesome website. So make sure you go to InTheClutch.com. Use our promo code BROADWAY and save 10% off. That's promo code BROADWAY to save 10% off at InTheClutch.com. All right, we're now joined by a very special guest. Rangers prospect just finished up his first year with the Hartford Wolfpack. Cristiano Tijacinto, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Kyle. Appreciate it. So, uh, first off, congratulations on the new contract. Uh, just uh, re-signed with Hartford for the season, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's an exciting time. So, let's talk about that first year. So, how was your first year in Hartford? What was, uh, what was your expectations coming in? And, uh, I guess, the year in a whole, how to play out for you? Honestly, it was, it was, it was pretty surreal. Um, you know, after uh, being in junior hockey, going to go to school, now playing professional hockey, it's, it was an amazing journey. It was an amazing year dealing with, uh, with the pandemic last year, not playing a single game. It was, it was tough. It was, it was hard just sitting on the ice practicing, waiting for, uh, waiting for that game like situation again. And, and finally I got to, I got to get that in Hartford this year. And it was absolutely amazing. A bit of a, Tough way to finish the season, but for the most part, it uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to to get back in September. Now, when you first signed with Hartford, uh, like were there other teams looking at you? Like, how did that kind of play out? And then you you know you earned your spot there in training camp. Yeah, no, as I mentioned, uh, the year before I was in school, I was over at Acadia University in uh, in Nova Scotia, Canada. So it's uh, pretty far east, just above uh, Maine there, and uh, we actually didn't play. Um, COVID shut our whole league down and we were sitting at school just practicing and you know I had Hartford reach out um, basically on a whim giving me a chance and they said hey come to camp and let's see what you can do and that's what I did I, I trained all summer and got to Hartford in October and you know the rest the rest speaks for itself I mean you know I'm a pretty hard-working player and I was thankful enough to get an opportunity to play and as the season went on, I just, you know, I kept on going at it and things kind of worked out to where I was there all year. But uh, like I said, it was it was a hard year the year before. And now that uh, I'm kind of back in the swing of things and the pandemic's, you know, hopefully behind us, we can uh, get back to playing full seasons. That's awesome. And Chris Knobloch, the head coach there in Hartford, uh, I feel like anytime you hear a story about him, he's just a big time players coach. So what was it like playing for him this year? Honestly, it was uh, – it was amazing. He was uh, one of the best coaches I've had so far. I mean, uh, the way he knows the game, the way he can speak to players, it was, I learned a lot. I learned a lot being my first year as a professional and, you know, a lot of that goes to him, you know, and uh, the other coaching staff and, and management there. But, um, you know, I, I knew of Chris just from, from playing in the OHL, you know, he coached, uh, he coached in Erie while I was playing junior with uh, the Spitfires in Windsor. So, you know, going up against them, Erie always had solid teams. Every year we're up against them, it was always a battle. And, you know, that's kudos to him. And now finally being on the other side of it where, you know, he's my coach and he's explaining things to me. That's that's why most of our year was was successful, was was based on what he was doing and, and how we uh, how we had a strong team going forward. Yeah, he also had McDavid and Erie, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> makes it yeah, a little I mean, bit easier that, to coach. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course that helps. But, I mean, you know. <laughs> At the same time, you know, having such a skilled player like that, you know, you have to, you have to know how to coach those players. You have to know how to, you know, get the most of them, make sure they're they're on the right path. And obviously, Connor is a special player, but the fact that you know he had to learn quite a bit through junior, and now look what he's doing, right? He's yeah, he's on his way to being one of the greatest of all time. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing, uh, pretty amazing feat. What uh, uh, like I mean, just coaching him in general. Uh, growing up in Hamilton, Ontario, what, who was your favorite team growing up? And uh, what guy were you, uh, pretending to be in the park in the driveway? <laughs> so I might get a lot of haters for this, uh, up in my, uh, Ontario realm here, but I actually wasn't a Leafs fan. Uh, surprisingly growing up, uh, I was a Buffalo Sabres fan. So okay. Hamilton, Ontario, for those that, that don't know, it's, we're about an hour from Toronto and an hour from Niagara Falls. So I'm kind of right in the middle here and, 
you know, my dad was uh, one of the biggest reasons why I got into playing hockey. He was uh, a huge Buffalo Sabres fan. So back in the day, just Gilbert Perot and, and those, uh, those all-stars back with the Sabres, those, that was a kind of our team. That's what, who we kind of looked up to. Those are the games we went to help that tickets were a lot cheaper at the time too. And, <laughs> you know, we really loved chicken wings. So going to Buffalo was always, you know, that was always a staple, but you know, my, my favorite part, just watching their games. I, I loved Rick Jenner. He was, yeah. I know he's done this year, but uh, you know, listening to him just got me so excited for every game. And, you know, back when I was young, I was watching, you know, the Derek Roy's and, uh, and, uh, you know, all those young players, Thomas Vanek was a big one. Um, Ryan Miller back in the day when he was there. So it was, uh, you know, even Chris Jerry was playing. I, I love the Sabres. I love going to the games. They, they had some solid teams when I was younger too, but yeah, I mean, just the biggest thing was just going to the games, listening to them. Buffalo was, Buffalo was my team. Now I just like watching good hockey. So especially in school, whenever, whenever a good game's on, you know, that's, that's what we're watching. And I think the best part about him, like I, I went to school up in Albany. So we got a weird combination okay. of MSG channels where like we would get the Ranger game, but like the Islander game wouldn't come through. We get Buffalo instead, which I was fine with. And, uh, and he was awesome. Cause you had uh, Pominville was there. So when he was scoring, yeah. he'd yell the population of Pominville just went up one and, uh, like he had some great lines. I, I really right. enjoy it. I, I, and plus I was a big Ryan Miller. I love Ryan Miller. And, uh, and so I, w- I would watch some of the Buffalo games and I was like, I loved him. He brought so much energy. Yeah. It's a great, uh, he's such a, and yeah, like you said, he's a retiring. Like, this was his last year. So, yeah. Um, so the NHL is losing a legend there, but I thought we were teen. I thought when you were going to say, uh, I think you were gonna say like Montreal or something there. I thought you were going to go way <laughs> off the map. I was like, oh, he's gonna piss off some people in uh, Canada with this. But uh, Buffalo is a good answer, especially where you're from there, right in the border. And, exactly. Uh, and if exactly. Chris Drury listens to this, he was your favorite player, just so you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, those those teams when he was there was were awesome, right? I mean, they had quite a big playoff run. I remember. I think it was, I want to say, oh five, maybe oh six, where they're up against Carolina. Mm-hmm. semis there and that was that was a battle i remember watching that in my backyard and going oh my god i'm so close but yeah that was my team hi everyone i'm dr john white webmd's chief medical officer and host of the spotlight on series from webmd's health discovered podcast for this special two-part episode you'll hear up close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have double, if not tripled the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's gonna live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, and you, you played your midget hockey there in Hamilton and you signed uh, as a free agent with Windsor in the, in the OHL. So, uh, I mean, you had to really battle your way into, into the uh, Ontario Hockey League. Yeah, I mean, going through my draft year in Hamilton, uh, our team wasn't the greatest. You know, I, I grew up with these kids and, uh, you know, a lot of them I still talk to today, but uh, it was tough. I, I had a few injuries my uh, my first year and and that was partially because of, of lack of training, you know, um, I was purely going on, you know, just basically skill set, trying to make it. And I didn't realize the importance of, you know, physical you know, training and getting my body ready. But I went through minor midget, uh, unfortunately, didn't get drafted, you know, and for a 14 year old kid, it's it's devastating. It's it's what you've been working so hard for or so you think and. At that time, you think, you know, the world's over. Everything I worked for, my hockey career's done. This is it. And 
you know, I just, I, I didn't want it to end. I love the sport so much. I love playing. I love being on the ice and I knew my story wasn't done. I'm like, you know what? I got to keep going. I, I ended up playing major midget, uh, AAA the year after did pretty well. Um, and, uh, finished the year, uh, playing a couple of junior A games in the, uh, OJHL, uh, with Burlington Cougars and the following year. And, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm so close. It's, Maybe NCAA is my route. Maybe it's maybe it's going to school. So I'll play some junior A hockey and see what happens. And I actually got a call from the Erie Otters at the beginning of the year. I I asked to got asked to try out. So I went there in 2013 and and tried out and did pretty well. And it was funny. Chris Nalbach was the coach at the time, and I was there. I was trying out, and I thought I you know made a good impression. Unfortunately, I. Uh, was one of the last cuts I got sent home and right when I got that taste of the OHL I knew I'm like this is this is where I need to be this is where I want to be so I went home I signed uh with the Hamilton Junior Red Wings at the time uh in the OJHL I came off the start of the season doing extremely well I remember just loving what I was doing I'm like I'm so close you know I just kept driving I played nine games I believe and I had a few OHL teams, you know, wanting to sign me from there. I was stalking Oshawa a bit and I ended up deciding to go to Windsor. Um, and I'm so thankful I did. I signed in Windsor in October of that year. So about a month or two after I was cut from, uh, from Erie and, you know, the rest is history. I ended up staying uh, four years in Windsor and it was absolutely amazing. Now, whenever you played Erie, was there a little extra, you know, for those games? That <laughs> oh, someone oh, get yeah. hit a little bit harder that night? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, once it's always like I feel like someone's been telling me no my whole life. So whenever someone tells me no, it's like you know what I get that little little Italian feist in me where it's like no, it's it's not gonna happen. I'm gonna I'm gonna prove you wrong. So every time against Erie was it was a lot of fun, and you know I worked that much harder during those games. And, and I mean, a great first season there. Uh, you had 17 goals, 100 penalty minutes. And obviously, uh, I mean, yeah, you're scoring goals and you're hitting, fighting people. Like you're going to make a, an impact. And in the 2014 draft, you get taken right after that season in the sixth round by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, I mean, what a climb from signing as a free agent to then getting drafted at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, if you were to tell me at the end of the year, you know, after playing major midget AAA in Ontario that – you know, the next year you're going to be drafted to the NHL. I'd, I'd look at you like you'd have three heads, you know. It was, it's something that wasn't on my radar. And like I said, as a 14, 15-year-old kid, when you don't get drafted, that's it's heartbreaking. And if you were to tell me, the, you know, in a year you're going to be fine, you're going to be drafted, I'd be like, what? Like, no way. Like, my, my career is done. So for any of the kids listening now, there's, there's so many paths, there's so many options just to, to get what you want to get to. Um, you know, it's it's not, you know, the perfect scenario when you're drafted and you're signed and you're playing the next year for everyone. So things take time and, you know, players develop in different ways. And that's kind of how it worked with me. Uh, and then so talk about that draft day experience. So uh, you were there at the draft. I've, I've seen yeah. the pictures, great pictures. Uh, so, like, talk me through that experience. Like, how are the teams like, like where teams looking at you? Like, where, where were you ranked? Like, what were their expectations coming in? Yeah, I mean. Like I said, I was I was pretty shocked that I was even getting looked at at all, getting ranked. I talked to quite a few teams uh, during the end of the season there, and I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm so close. I I think it's best if we go. So uh, the draft was in Philadelphia. I remember my my mom and my dad. We packed up the car and we're like, you know what? Let's go. If you get drafted, great. If not, then it is what it is. It's about a seven eight hour drive from Hamilton. So I'm like, let's let's make the trip. It's a once in a lifetime experience. Let's let's see what happens. So. We went down there and, you know, I was there for the first round the first day. It was such a cool experience, you know, seeing everything up and, and how, how well the NHL kind of prepares the day and all the fans are coming in. And, you know, the second day I was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. I'm like, okay, I know it's going to be a bit later, maybe a five, six, seven spots. So I took my time. I was pretty patient. And right when that sixth round came, I was, I was getting a bit nervous and, and uh, there was a few teams I talked to were close to that, you know, 170, 180 mark. So I'm like, OK, maybe around here and we'll see what happens. And before I know it, I'm, I'm getting called down by Steve Eiserman and, and Tampa Bay Lightning. So, yeah, I mean, pretty cool. Steve Eiserman's the guy that, that drafts there, right? I mean, yeah. NHL yeah, well, legend. 
you see what he uh, what he's done in Tampa and and you know what he's slowly building in in Detroit now. It's it's amazing and you know I learned quite a bit from my time there. And like I said, you know, growing up, I'm I'm taking everything in every year, whether I'm in junior, whether I was at school, whatever it may be. And everyone has something to offer, so always you know have some open ears and and take in as much as you can. And, and two other guys in that draft class, pretty good career, Tony D'Angelo and Braden Point. Uh, not yeah. too bad guys to have in your draft class there. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, <laughs> Tampa's, uh, you know, they've done well the past few years. Obviously, they just uh, just missed out on a three-peat there. But, you know, they've had such a good team the past few years. And even guys the following year, Anthony Sorelli, you know, Matthew Joseph mm-hmm. now in Ottawa, he's won a couple cups. So you're battling against these guys. And like I said, you're just learning so much every time you're on the ice with them and, and seeing what they can do. So, Braden Point, obviously, what a career he's had as a third rounder too. He's he's proven people wrong, and those are the types of stories I love to hear. You know, you know he's too small, or you know maybe he's not quite there, but he goes out night in, night out, and, and proves people wrong. So, yeah, uh, I mean, he played the what do you play the torn quad, I think, or torn hamstring, whatever he played with a couple yeah. of games. They're like ridiculous. Um, let's talk about your now your style of play. You're the first three years there uh, in the OHL, you had over 100 penalty minutes, but you're also scoring goals too. So uh, when it rained, when Hartford signed you and I was looking to see, I was like, all right, who's this guy? And then I go back and look at some of the highlights. I'm like, oh, we're going to like this guy. He's hitting everything that moves. <laughs> He's fighting people. So I guess, have you always played with that edge or is that something that you developed in the O? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, I mean, well. A lot of it goes to my brother. He's he's six years older than me. He's a, a Muay Thai and MMA fighter. So growing up, I uh, I always had a an uphill battle. Let's say you know? <laughs> it's a survival, he's, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I grew up a lot into uh, into boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai. I love him. Big UFC fan, and uh, you know that grit was just a part of my game ever since I can remember. I remember our first year of contact was was back in Adam at the time. So we're looking at I think. 10, 11 years old. I know it's gone up now, but I've loved it ever since then, you know, being able to, to take man off the puck and, and, and using your body to control things. And as a smaller player, like, you know, a lot of people don't expect me to, to play with that kind of grip, but it's, it's part of the game and I, and I love it. And it, it gives me such an edge over a lot of different players. So like I said, growing up, that's, that's something I've always had to kind of deal with, you know, being able to survive with an older brother who's, taking all the meals and, and, <laughs> and driving you away, playing uh, road hockey in the basement or on the road with him and, and battling against him. That was, it was always kind of an uphill battle. So I had to, I had to learn pretty quickly to, to use my body to get what, get what I wanted. Your, your third year there, you teamed up with Brendan Lemieux. Teams must have loved playing with you two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, two very similar players. So it was, it, it was fun, especially uh, during playoff time. Uh, his ad, I mean, he, I love him on the Rangers. Unfortunately, they trade him away. Uh, he seems like a great guy though, off the ice too. Yeah. I mean, I find with Brennan, he's, he's always someone that, uh, everyone has a different perspective of him. So whatever, uh, whatever kind of, uh, stories you may have heard, everyone's, everyone's <laughs> got something different with him. He was always very nice to me. Always, uh, always, uh, very nice, especially in the room and outside the room. I remember we played a, played a lot of Xbox together at the time when he was in Windsor with me. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I, he's a, he's a good player. You see what he does, uh, what he brings to LA and stuff. So you see him on the ice, every team wants him and, and teams that play against him hate him. So that's, that's kind of something I, I try to do as well on the ice. Yeah. And after that year, you played in the OHL uh, all starting the junior super series, uh, very cool event to be a part of. Oh, it was amazing. You know, especially being in Windsor that year, it was, you know, it was my second home. Um, I played four years in Windsor. I was happy to play my whole junior career there and being able to bring something like, you know, Timoy Chell versus Russia and in, in, in Windsor and in front of all those fans, it was, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun and it's something I'll remember forever. You know, I, we ended up getting a golf bag uh, that year and, uh, I was never a big golfer at the time. And I'm like, well, I got a bag, so I might as well get some clubs and, and start learning <laughs> how to how to play. So now I, I still got that bag. I rock around and, you know, I'm not the greatest golfer, but it's, I'm getting there. So you, was, you'll definitely uh, get some looks, though, with that bag, though, you know, a lot of, you know, yeah. little, little extra looks down the driving range. And then you see that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was a lot of fun just 
being, you know, a part of a team with so many good players. And, and that's where, that's what I said, like bringing it back to, I'm always learning. I'm always seeing what's around me, seeing what other players are doing. And when you get to play with these higher end players, you learn so much and, and you just elevate your game that much more. How cool is it getting that phone call saying you're on that team? Actually, I was, so I was uh, walking into practice and uh, our media guy at the time uh, pulled me in and was like, Hey, it's, I need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh, what's, what's this? I'm like, my, am I doing something for, you know, a school or am I, am I doing a media appearance, you know, thinking it's just a normal day, but he told me, Hey, like we're going to announce it next week, but you made uh, you made team OHL here and you're going to play in Windsor. And I'm like, what? Like I was shocked. I was stunned. I was, I was so excited because not many players get to get to do that in their junior careers. So it was, it was an experience I'll, I'll have forever. That's awesome. And then, I mean, your last year, I mean, a storybook ending to your career there, Winning the Memorial Cup, uh, I mean, just an unbelievable achievement. Yeah, I mean, growing up, seeing the four years there, seeing our team develop, seeing us get better, starting with, you know, a younger team. My my second year, we were really struggling. We didn't make playoffs, so we started developing, bringing in players, and that was all in the GM, Warren Reichel, and and Bugner at the time, bringing, bringing the right guys in, and you know, it was, it was a long, long, tough year. It was exciting. Um, and it was a team where no one really expected us to win. Right. So like I said, like for myself as a player, no one really expected much of me. I wasn't drafted to the OHL and it, it was a team where, you know, we had to prove people wrong. And like I said, that's my style of play. That's, that's what I like to do night in and night out. And, you know, it was tough missing the, missing the second round. We lost to London in game seven and, they lost to Erie in, in game seven in the second round. Our division was so tight that year. And that's, that's all I remember is saying like our, our division could have had a mem cup itself, just how good these teams are. So missing the playoffs or missing the second round, I should say was, was tough. We had 44 days off and, you know, we we're put on a strict schedule. We we're practicing, we we're skating, we we're, we we're learning and we were hungry. We were, we knew that we had more to give and more to offer and, especially being in Windsor or at our hometown. It was, it was, it was exciting. It was like, you know what, this is our chance to prove people wrong and show them that, you know, we're the best team in the country this year. And, you know, like I said, we, we went in there ready and we ended up winning four games straight and beating Erie in the finals was, was a nice bittersweet uh, ending, you know, after <laughs> being cut from them four years prior, it was, it was like you said, a storybook ending to win it in Windsor against Erie, a powerhouse team they were. And, it's it's something that not many players can say they've done. No, no, not many at all. And uh, one guy that team I want to ask you about, Mikhail Sergachev, who's turned into one of the best young defensemen in hockey. Uh, I mean, seeing him now in the playoffs and seeing him as a, a junior player, uh, I mean, how incredible is it to see him just every year get better and better and better? You know what? He's He gets better and better every year, but I think a lot more media hype's been been going around about him. He's always been a good player. He's always been solid. I remember his first skate. I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, he's he's always been that good. I feel like it's just people now are starting to realize more and more and starting to see what he does. He's such a good skater, an absolute cannon of a shot, and he's getting way more comfortable in the league, and teams are starting to realize this is this is a top-end defenseman here, but he's he's always been like that. And I remember his first week uh, in Windsor. He, his billets lived uh, down the road from mine, and – you know, I was driving him to the rink every day. And the first day I met him, he knew, hello, hi. That's that's the only English he knew. And Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet. And he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. 
he looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. After two, three weeks, I was already having conversations with them. And just to learn a new language, to come to a different country and and to pick it up so quick, you know he's going to be a different kind of player. Even something as simple as just, you know, he's learning a new language, but he's picking it up so fast. And you see a lot of players that, that come into America and, you know, they're not quite used to the game. But if he can start picking up on things like that, you'll know that, you know, he's going to figure out where the game is, what he needs to do. And, and he did. He was by far the best defenseman in our league that year. And, and you can obviously see what he's doing now in Tampa. It's, it's amazing. It's crazy. He's got he's played in the playoffs with I think the last five years. He's got almost a hundred playoff games under his belt already. He's 24 years old. I mean, yeah, what a start to a career for that guy. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh so your time there, you were also an assistant captain for three years with them, uh, which really speaks to your leadership in the room. So as a leader, like how do you approach your leadership in the locker room? Honestly, it's uh, like I said, I'm I'm Italian. I'm sometimes uh I talk loud. I use my hands and sometimes I catch myself talking a bit too much, but you know, I, I like to get to know everyone, you know, I'm a friendly guy. So I, I try to talk to everyone as much as I can. And, and especially in junior, when you have kids that are moving away from home and not quite used to what, where they're at, it's, it's making everyone feel comfortable. You know, teams that win successful teams are, are the closest teams, teams that are doing things together. And it starts in the locker room. So it's, it's, you know, getting a good positive atmosphere in the room. And, and you know, like I said, I'm always learning. I, I see a lot of the older guys this year. And, you know, we had a great captain uh, this year, and we really missed him uh, the second half of the season there when he was up with New York. Johnny was, was awesome. He was always someone that is talking to everyone, saying hello. I remember my first day, he's coming up to me, talking to me, saying hi. And those little things go a long way. And, you know, that's what good teams are made of. And, that's what I try to try to do, make everyone as, you know, as, as comfortable as possible and getting the most out of every player. Seasons are going to have their ups and downs. Guys are going to be upset. They're going to be hurting. Injuries are going to come. But if you get to the rink and, and you know, you know you're going to have a good day and everyone's laughing and, and having a good time, you're going to work that much harder. You know, you don't want to be upset or depressed going to the rink every day on those those snowy, cold days in Hartford. You know, it's 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 the times where you're in the rink and you're enjoying it. That's, that's when you're playing your best. So that's, that's what I try to do as a leader. And like I said, I'm a, I'm a talker. So sometimes it can get on people's nerves, but for the most part, it's, it's about having a good time and, and enjoying where we're at. Are you, are you a uh, smack talk on the ice too? Is there a lot, are you a chirper on the ice as well? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> I like to get nears. Uh, and like I said, that's, that's just for my brother. He was always someone that, to get on my nerves and, and, and get in my head a bit. So I, I try to use that as much as I can, but you know, I noticed this year at the pro level, it's, it's hard. Everyone's so skilled. Everyone's so good. And sometimes it's, it's not so much what you say, it's, it's what you do. So going in the corners and, and throwing the body around, I find sometimes gets, gets in a lot, a lot more heads than even just saying it. So I try to get a good balance of both. Uh, so you end up not signing with Tampa um at the end and the OHL career what what kind of played out there with them yeah it was just uh like I said it was a tough team to make they had such a good dynasty starting to build and and the fit wasn't right and even for myself I'm I'm now that I look back in hindsight it's I'm grateful for it I you know it was I wasn't ready at the time um physically mentally I just I knew I had a lot more to learn a lot more to develop and you know, I went uh, went to Winnipeg uh, camp and tried out there after and didn't make it. Went down to uh, Jacksonville at the time, which was their affiliate. Played a couple months there, and I knew something was still off. So I said, you know what, and I'm not ready. There's there's some things I need to, to work out, and that's when I decided to, to go to school. Yeah, that's great. So, like, I feel like guys, when they finally get to that professional level, they, they'll just try to, you know, push through or try to figure out the fly, and then, 
sometimes their career will fall apart, but you kind of took that step back. So I kind of got to reevaluate here and you end up going to college, the college route, um, or the, you know, the Canadian college route, uh, which is good on you to take that step back and under, and realize that that was best for your career. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was, it was a tough decision. It was very hard. Um, but I knew I'm like, listen, I need to work some things out and I want to kind of get a nice backup plan here. And like I said, before my junior career, I was, I wasn't really training much. I didn't know much about training and I knew I loved, I loved it as I was in junior and I was learning a lot more at Windsor, but I decided, you know what, let's go to school. Let's, let's learn about, you know, the body. And, and I decided to take kinesiology there and, and uh, I loved it, you know, it helped my game quite a bit. I got a lot more playing time. I got a lot more, uh, a lot more practice. There's not that many games in, uh, in Canadian uh, university. We only play 30 games, I believe, plus playoffs. So I saved the body a bit. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, going from uh, riding a 12 hour bus ride in the East coast league to two, three hour buses over in uh, the Maritimes out, uh, out East in Canada. It was, it, it helped a lot, not only in that sense, but again, just, just learning about, okay, what does my body need? How can I, how can I develop a bit more? What, what can I do to not only better myself, but now that I'm coaching on the side, it's, it's, it helps me, you know, help the younger athletes develop and, and help them get to the next level too. And, you know, I finished up school at Acadia and, and I actually got my uh, personal training license. So I'm certified here and, I do that in the summers and, you know, it's, it's been amazing. That's awesome. Were there any parts of like, you know, mid January, February sitting there in Nova Scotia and you're like, maybe I should have stayed in Jacksonville. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, going from, uh, going from the beaches uh, in December, I remember golfing uh, one of my last weeks there to going to Nova Scotia, basically in a foot high snow and, (laughs) and crawling around out East and in freezing weather. It, It was tough especially, you know, you're sitting in your classes all day and then you're going to practice and you're working out and it's like, wow, like, was this the right decision? But <laughs> of course now I, I look back and I go, yeah, it was, it was an awesome time there. It was a smaller school um, in a smaller town, about an hour from Halifax. And like I said, I, I learned so much. I'm constantly taking things in. Uh, the coaches there were great. The professors there were awesome. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was a cool experience. We, we got to play, I got to play three years there. Um, in my last year, we uh, obviously didn't play because of COVID, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Uh, go back to Tampa real quick. Did, did you go to training camp with them right out of, uh, from your draft year? Yep. Yep. So any, any welcome to the NHL moments there? Yeah. Um, one, I kind of tell my friends a bit, I haven't really uh, spoke much about it, but I remember my, uh, my first skate. So they, they mix it up. Uh, you're kind of with prospects or you're with the coast and NHL guys, or you're practicing with the NHL guys. It's always switching up, but I remember my first practice uh, with the NHL players. And I was like, you know what, this is, this is awesome. This is so cool. I'm looking across the room and I see, you know, Steven Stamkos and, and I think Ben Bishop was in net at the time. I'm like, well, this is, this is amazing. Like this, these are guys I've been watching on TV and now I'm, now I'm on the ice with them. I remember doing uh, our first one-on-one drill and I was coming around and I look who I'm up against and I see Victor Hedman. I'm like, Oh my God, like, (laughs) here we go. This this absolute monster I got to go up against. So I'm like, all right, let's just try to get to the net, see what I can do. And I come around the corner and well, I know he, he blows an edge and falls and I blow right by him, but come down on the goalie and score I'm like yeah I just uh I just blew by Victor Hedman that was awesome but <laughs> this guy just blows an edge and falls over I'm like oh my goodness like that could have been so much worse <laughs> you look at John Cooper and you're like I'll take that entry level right now thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a bit of a dumb story but it's something I'll always remember and it's it's something my friends and I joke about so Nah, that's, I wouldn't even say blow it. I would still say blow by him. I wouldn't even say. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it's that, that <laughs> team, you know, I don't think I had that kind of skill set yet, but I shook you know, him. He's... I shook him at center ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So Hartford this year, um, you wrap up there in, in college, you saw Hartford. And the thing that stood out to me when I was, you know, I still, I watch a lot of the Hartford games uh, or at least try to keep up with the highlights and everything. And I think it was in, November might even been 
October, really early in the year, you had a fight against Springfield. And I was like, oh, my goodness, can this guy throw him? I mean, <laughs> what a fight. I mean, just the back and forth. I mean, incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, my first pro fight. Well, I guess I had a couple in the, in the East Coast League, but it was my first fight there in Hartford. And being a new player in a team and, and playing the way I do, I, I, I get a lot of heads turning where it's like, well, this, this guy's kind of small. Like, he's, he's 5'11", he's 190 pounds. Like, he's big, but he's small. Um, he's throwing his body around. He's, he's chirping guys, but he's not really fighting anyone. I'm like, I'm looking at my, my assistant coach there. I'm like, I'm trying here. Like, I'm trying to get my foot in the door. I want to show that, you know, I have this part of my game too, where, you know, I can open up some ice and I can let some guys in the league know, Hey, I'm not just all talk here, but it was tough being a rookie in the league and, and trying to get a, trying to get a fight and playing a physical role. It's no one really takes you seriously. And, Right after that first fight, I finally started getting guys on not only on my team, but on other teams realizing, hey, like this guy's actually he can back it up a bit. And again, it goes back to, you know, you know, 13 years of, of kickboxing and Muay Thai. But it was something where it's like I finally kind of opened the door for myself and it was like, OK, I got the first one out of the way. Now I can start playing my game. Now I can start <laughs> skating around. Now I can start hitting and, and feeling a little bit better. So. It took a little bit of time, but you know, I was I was happy to kind of kind of get it done. Were you like trying to run guys, like just trying to hope that someone will drop the gloves with you after a while, or was it like <laughs> I was? Yeah, I mean, I was I was throwing my body around. I was I was trying, but again, as a rookie, no one's no one's really taking me seriously. They're like, oh, this guy's just running around. Like, what's what's he doing? Like, but uh, like I said, it, it it started. It opened up my game after that. I felt I really started getting a bit more comfortable in the league and. And realizing, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm 25, 26 now, but, you know, I'm a bit older. I can, I can use my body. I can, I can use it to my advantage. I can, I can use it in the corners and that's, and that's where I like to play. I like to grind it out. I look at guys, you know, on New York, like, you know, Frankie Vitrano, he had such a great last half of the season there. And I love watching this might, this might get some hate as well, but Brad Marchand watching him in Boston and, and you see the Kachucks, what they do night in, night out. And, I feel like there's not a lot of players like that in the league anymore. And, and it helps, especially come playoff time where that's when you need those guys the most. And, and that's, that's what I kind of model my game after. And that's, that's what really started to kind of break me out and, and really started giving me success on the ice. I think that's something that, I mean, look at the Rangers. This all that's offseason. They go out and get Barkley Goodrow. I mean, that's a guy that teams covet, right? A guy who could not only, skate and play but also can drop the gloves can hit be a physical game and look at the playoffs how the playoffs play out i mean every game is physical right so yeah uh, those are the type of players that people look for um and one th i gotta ask you this question because obviously ranger fans are very excited about the two young defensive prospects zach jones and Niels lundquist that played down there in hartford with you um what was uh your impression of the two of them Oh, both of them, absolutely silky. The way they can pass the puck, the way they can play offensively, the way they see the ice is unbelievable. And for a lot of Rangers fans, there's there's a lot of excitement in their young prospects. And getting to see that this year firsthand, it was it was amazing. Some of the stuff, even they do in practice. You, I know it sounds silly, but, you know, you see some pretty amazing things uh, when you're on the ice with these guys every day. And I know... Uh, it's their first years and, you know, they're, they're kind of building their name and getting used to getting used to the league and getting used to the bigger guys and professional hockey. But, you know, if I was a Rangers fan and I'd, I'd be pretty excited about the future holds these guys, uh, they're amazing players. You see guys like Kale McCarr, obviously doing what he did this year. And the Rangers have obviously some big defensemen Adam Fox is, is unbelievable to watch, but you know, everything starts in the back end. That's how Tampa did it their past couple of years with Hedman. And like you said, Sergachev. and, you know, it's, it starts in the back end and, and it works its way up. And, and these guys are some pretty special players. And, you know, our defensive core was, was a big reason for our success this year. And yeah, we were pretty young back there, but every year they're going to get better and better. And, and, and I look forward to what's to come. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, one of those guys, Braden Schneider, who played just half the year down there and the rest with the Rangers, uh, I mean, one impact he made, he immediately made an impact on the Rangers lineup. And then, I mean, he was so solid from the playoffs. Uh, so that had to be very cool to see a teammate like that jump into the NHL and just take to it right away. Oh, exactly. And, and that's, and that, that speaks for itself. I mean, 
what we're doing in Hartford is is obviously working and it's obviously developing players to get to that next level and not only play but but make an impact right away to come in and you saw what happened with COVID this year with teams losing guys and being short five six players at a time in the middle of the season the fact that we can bring players up and and no one's really skipping a beat it shows how good the development system is is in New York and and what they're doing is obviously something special and like I said look looking forward to what's to come yeah I mean, Matthew Robertson down there, he, he's, uh, when I remember watching the game, he can hit like a truck too. I mean, he, oh, he's a big boy. He's a, he was, he's six, four. I think I he's six, so. four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a big, he kind of has a little troop in him to him and Schneider back there. They can, yeah. they can lay the wood those two. And then they got the two, two skill guys. And you guys got, you know, Hunter Skinner back there. Who's a very solid, uh, defenseman. And, uh, yep. yeah, the great decor down there. I, the thing about Hartford too is I, you guys were so hot to start the year off, and then obviously there was some injuries, there was some call ups. You know, you lose your captain there in Brodzinski to the Rangers for the rest of the year. Halfway through, he was like a point per game player for you guys. Uh, like, how difficult is that? I mean, obviously as a locker room, you're probably so pumped up that a guy gets called up or something. But it's like difficult going out there, be like, damn, we just lost like three of our best players for tonight. Yeah, I mean, when uh, when one door closes, another opens, and I found a lot of guys did start to step up uh, for myself. It gave me opportunity to, to get a bit more ice and, and to show what I can do. And I know at the end of the day, it's, it's a league where we're trying to get players to the next level, but we're also trying to be successful too. So it's, it's a bittersweet, you know, I was mm. so pumped for Johnny and, and what he was doing. And obviously we lost uh, Morgan Barron at the time and that in the cop deal there, yeah. but you know, losing a couple of skilled players like that is is always tough in, in any league on any team. But, you know, you're you're proud of guys. You're you're pumped for them. But at the same time, you're like, OK, well, now who's going to step up here tonight and and what can we do to make things better? So um, obviously it was a tough way to end the end the year for us. But looking at New York, seeing seeing what they did this year was was amazing. So it's it's a bittersweet. How much you guys watch the Rangers down there or pay attention to what's going on? Uh, quite a bit. I mean, yeah. we have NHL highlights on every day and and, it, and it's good for us. It's good to see, you know, players on our team moving up and it just shows it, it elevates our practice. It elevates, hey, like we're all right here. You know, we got to keep working. We can't be down in the dumps whether we lose a game or two, whatever it may be. It's it's always like, OK, well, we're all here. We're trying to win. We're trying to get to the next level. And it's 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 something that we always take in. And, you know, for myself, I watched quite a bit of Rangers games this year, just obviously with teammates up there and, and playing and, and seeing their success, I like to watch good hockey. And for me, I'm always watching the best teams play because, you know, that's where we want to be and that's what we want to do. And obviously New York did, did amazing this year. So it was, it was great to see. And, and like I said, you learn so much just watching these players night in, night out, what they're doing, you know, how they play the game and, and how, how can we bring what they do into our own games, into our own ice and, and, and go from there. Uh, it, this is a tough question. Obviously, they're all your teammates, but is there a guy down there that like stood out the most to you this year? Like someone who maybe Ranger fans, obviously the Jones and, and the Lundqvist all get talked about. But is there a guy down there that you're like, wow, this like I didn't know them coming in here, and they are really good. Like Ranger fans should notice them. Before oh, you name like half the, the team, you know? Yeah, you're throwing me in the spotlight here. I mean, um, no, I'll go. I'll go back to Johnny. I know it's an easy answer, but you know, like I said, when I first met him, he was so nice to me. He was super open and, and seeing the way he practiced was, was amazing. And, and that's what I feel a lot of younger guys do. They'll look at the older players. We had guys like Tanner Fritz, who's, you know, played NHL games, same with Greco. And you look at these older players and you see what they're doing and, and how they, you know, how they walk and how they, how they handle themselves. That's always huge. And, and that's what I like to try to do is, you know, you look at the better players, you look at the older players, you look at guys that have done it. And that's what you want to model your game after. And, you know, with such a young team that we had, uh, especially in that defensive core, being able to see these types of players and what they're doing is is pretty special. So it's it's tough to say. I mean, we had a few signings at the end of the year with guys coming in, some younger players, you know, Bobby Trevino and uh, and Scanlon there. And both of them were so impressive at the end of the year. And for Rangers fans, like I said, there's there's a lot of good to come. So I feel like uh, I feel like everything's everything's in the right place and everyone's doing the right thing right now. And, and the prospects are, are looking pretty solid for the, for the years coming up.
Yeah, I think they have a top five uh, prospect uh, pool right now. Uh, who's the who's the jokester in the locker room? <laughs> um, I mean, we had a couple other guys at the end of the year. Uh, just in Hartford, we had PC Labrie for a bit, and this guy was hilarious. He was awesome to be around. Every day at the rink, he had a new joke, and and uh, we also had Anthony Potato for a bit. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the older guys who are comfortable and and making everyone feel good and and at home and. You know, he was awesome. The, the guys there, we had such a good time. Uh, obviously, those two leaving was was tough. And and near the end of the year, we had uh, we had some other older guys step up. Fritzy's Fritzy's a funny guy, the way he speaks and and what he does. So um, I stick it with the older guys, especially. So those are those are usually the jokes here. But yeah. has has Kincaid got you to buy any uh, NFTs or uh, <laughs> anything like that? It's funny you talk about that. Yeah, Cater and I uh, we had quite a bit of chats about uh, about crypto in the <laughs> NFT world, and even having his uh, his NFT on his helmet was was awesome. It's so hilarious. I hilarious. A, yeah, I have quite a few friends back home that that love it. So telling them about him and uh, what he had on his helmet was was pretty funny. And you know, another good guy, another older guy that we looked up to, and you know, he was he was solid. He uh, he won us some games. That's for sure. I love the pads, the throwback uh, Richter pads right. he had this year. That Aren't was awesome. That was awesome. Oh then, man, they were wicked. And then he got called up with them. Like that was like seeing them back like a Ranger <laughs> jersey. I was like, that's all. Like that's that's so it's good. Sweet. He's and he's a Long Island guy. I'm from Long Island, so I always root for Keith and and uh, Potato too. No Long Island guys, so oh, yeah. uh, got to root for those guys, you know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this off season, you're working with uh, former guest Matt Carey, great guy uh doing some training with them and uh, is that something when you know long down the road when your career is over like you want to get into that kind of you know obviously you have your uh physical therapy uh license like you said like is that something that you want to go into obviously when your career is over yeah i mean obviously right now my main focus is is playing hockey and oh and I'm, talking, I'm talking and... 15 years down the road <laughs> after your stanley cup and everything else exactly i mean yeah it's for me growing up i, I wasn't I was playing a bunch of different sports. I played football. I played lacrosse, volleyball, basketball. I've played it, you name it, right? So I played a bunch of different sports, but training was never really my main focus. It was always just, let's play something else. Let's get away from hockey for a bit. And now that, you know, I like I said, I have my license and I've been doing a lot of personal training. I learned a lot from my trainer here uh, in Hamilton, uh, Adam Lloyd. He's someone that... Uh, has mentored me growing up and, and someone I work with now I, in the off season here in Hamilton, I do, uh, I do personal training with some young players. And then, like you said, I'm on the ice with, uh, with Matt doing uh, some on ice training as well. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's so cool to see some young players start off the beginning of the year where they're like not too comfortable. They're learning different moves. They're learning different aspects of the game and being able to share my experience with these players, not only, in the gym, but on the ice now with Matt, it's, it's so, it's just surreal. It's amazing to be a part of. And it's something I wish I had at a younger age. And now that I'm able to kind of share that experience and, and share my knowledge with these younger players, it's, it's so good to see. I have uh, one player who, uh, who was in Windsor who I'm uh, helping train a bit right now. And he actually just got drafted to the London Knights. So it was uh it's cool to see where these players start and and how their careers are going to end up it's it's awesome plus being on the ice it's what i love to do i love skating whether i'm coaching whether i'm playing doesn't matter i i love playing hockey it's it's been a part of my life you know before i could walk you know listening to rick generat at 2 years old to <laughs> to you know to playing now it's it's something that i can never see myself giving up i feel like i have a lot to learn, but a lot to offer at the same time. So for sure, when my career is done, I'm not just going to hang them up and, and be done playing. It's hockey is going to be a part of my life forever. And it's something I'm grateful for. It, the sports brought me so much love and joy and, and amazing experiences, friendships, but it's something I'll, I'll always be grateful for and, and always be indebted to and, and always be a part of me. So what's your biggest focus this off season? What would you get from your exit interview? Yeah, I mean, obviously, being your first year, you're trying to take in as much as you can. You're trying to learn. You're trying to get yourself to that pro level. And for me, all last year was focused on, all right, well, let's let's try to make the American League. I was on a I was on a two way deal at the time. And, and, you know, going into training camp, nothing's for certain. You know, you, you have to beat someone out of a spot. You have to 
show the show your worth and show you're you're here to stay and you can make an impact and obviously I, I I surpassed that goal last year and now for this summer it's it's doing that again but at the next level it's being able to train as hard as I possibly can get myself ready to be an NHL player whether you know I'm in with the Rangers or I'm with Hartford it's it's I want to be the best player I can possibly be. It's it's you know working on some little things, working on my skating. Everyone can always you know get a little bit faster, a little bit stronger. But I feel that now after my first year is kind of in the books, I'm able to get back, reevaluate of how the season did, what I did well, what I didn't do too well, and and work out those kinks to where next year I can I can come in and and make an impact from game one. Not you know wait till mm-hmm. November December and ease into things it's let's go into the season ready to play and and ready to help you know the team win you know that's that's the biggest thing the the most successful players are on winning teams and and developing players in Hartford and and hopefully moving up with the Rangers it's it's about winning that's that's the goal at the end of the day it's it's about you know being able to make an impact every time you're on the ice and that's my goal is just to to be ready to come into the season and and be the best player I've ever been We'll definitely be keeping up with you. And I just want to put this out there. Hartford has not won a Calder Cup since 2000. Yep. So, you know, the guys are due down there. I think uh, you want to make a proclamation maybe now about possibly winning another one or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I will say I had the former teammate uh, Jalen Chaffield actually just win with Chicago. Um, you know, I talked to him quite a bit and uh, seeing his career and what he's done being another undrafted player coming into Windsor and winning a Mem Cup with us. And, you know, you find when you're on winning teams, you you bleed that culture and you and you learn from it. And it's something that, you know, being successful is is a team effort, but everything you can do individually to help your team win will will go a long way. And, you know, we were so close this year. We had such a great start to the season, obviously a little disappointing near the end, but it's something that all these young players, including myself, can learn from. And, it's something we're going to take into next year with, you know, a sour taste in our mouth saying, Hey, like, yeah, we're all trying to get to the next level, but we're here and we're here to win. And I'm really excited for what next year has to offer. I feel like our team's slowly getting better and better as we sign more guys. And, and I see guys right now, I'm chatting with, you know, other players, you know, I was talking with Hunter Skinner the other day. He's, he's on his bike, he's working, he's training, he's getting ready for a big season. And, and that's everyone's kind of on the same mindset. We're not here just to play. We're here to win. Whether we're in Hartford, we're in Jacksonville, we're we're in New York. We're we're here to win. It's a winning organization, and that's that's kind of the plan moving forward. And I'm really excited for next year. I think with our guys coming back already, there's there's going to be a huge impact moving forward. And you know, since 2000, I didn't I didn't realize that. And <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like this year we're going to make a solid. Uh, solid run for it i uh, love to hear that love to hear that well thanks so much for jumping on enjoy the rest of your off season and uh and hopefully we'll touch base with you again next year and, and good luck in- <laughs> uh, and i appreciate you having me on and like i said i i love the podcast i love what you're doing and you know i'm excited to see uh see what the future holds for yourself yeah thanks so much thanks so much buddy and we'll definitely keep in touch awesome take care Thank you so much to Cristiano for joining us. Uh, that was an awesome conversation. And uh, that's a guy, I mean, he did not take an easy path to get to the American Hockey League. And uh, it was pretty cool to hear his hockey story and, and everything that he's you know, gone through in his career and, and gotten to where he is now, you know, from drafted to going back to playing in, you know, uh, Canadian college hockey. And then now in the American Hockey League playing in the Rangers organization. Uh, very cool story. And then, you know, he's got it's kind of, a, you know, a post-career plan already set up there with, uh, you know, he has his uh, training certificates and everything. They have to be a trainer. And, and he's doing that right now in the summer. He's working with another former guest, Matt Carey, who had a show back in uh, around Christmas time. Uh, so he's hard at work this summer, not only on his game, but helping other uh, young hockey players work on their games. So uh, very cool to have him on. I really appreciate him taking the time in a very busy summer for him. And uh, he just re-signed with Hartford for next year. So, We'll definitely be keeping an eye on him next season and want to wish him all the best uh, coming up uh, for the next year. And hopefully, uh, who knows, maybe the Rangers will sign him to a nice NHL contract next because uh, it seems like every year this guy uh, is going to get better and better. So I uh, cannot thank you enough for coming on. 
And that does it for episode 89 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. Make sure you go check this show out on Apple Podcasts. Go subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review there. Every five-star review, a dollar is donated to Alex's Lemonade Foundation. We are closing in on $100 right now in donations. That It's amazing. We're almost a year in. We're almost at $100 raised. So thank you to everyone who's done that. If you haven't so far, please Go on, search the show, Broadway Hat, on Apple Podcasts. Go on there, click the, you know, go down the bottom, leave the review, five-star review, and a dollar be donated to an outstanding cause helping fight pediatric cancer. And I cannot thank all of our listeners enough. And if you do, please take one minute to help that amazing cause. Thank you. Uh, Go on to Spotify, follow the show there, and leave us a five-star review on Spotify. You can find the show on Google Play, uh, Amazon, Spreaker, Pandora, anywhere you get your podcast, you can find us there. And make sure you follow us on social media as well on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find my personal Twitter account at KHOLNY for all New York Ranger updates. And also follow the show on Facebook and Instagram at The Broadway Hat Podcast. And that does it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.